0: Hi, and welcome to the Tales from the Trail podcast brought to you by Matchplay. In this episode, the second of our players series, we welcome a current women's soccer student athlete, Kenna McCarthy, who plays at Christopher Newport University in Newport News, Virginia. She was a part of the 2021 National Championship team and brings leadership and maturity that her coach, Jamie Gunderson, who also joins us, finds invaluable. Despite things not always going her way, Kenna is a fantastic example of being a role model and someone who her coaches and teammates can count on regardless of the situation. You're going to enjoy this one. Please continue to subscribe to and share the podcast and follow Match Play on social media. We have Kenna McCarthy, who is a defensive midfielder at Christopher Newport University in Newport News, Virginia. And we also have our coach, uh, Jamie Gunderson, who is the uh, coach there. Um, Kenna, were you on the national championship team?
1: Yes, I was a sophomore on the team.
0: Nice, nice. So you got you have a little jewelry from uh, from that uh, year.
1: A nice little ring, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> you don't you don't uh, ever just like flash that in people's faces. I, I probably would be pretty obnoxious about it.
1: Sometimes I think the best part about it is that my older brothers like to show it off to their friends.
0: <laughs> oh, that's awesome! That's awesome! Yeah. Did they play soccer too?
1: Um. Yeah, I have three <laughs> older brothers. Uh, we're all four years apart, so they have aged out of soccer a little bit. But um, right. I grew up in a soccer environment. Uh, my oldest brother played soccer at Hampton Sydney. Uh, oh, cool! And then my younger or my younger two just played um, through high school.
0: Gotcha. Well, Jamie will tell you that you never age out of soccer because I, I think he's going to be playing when he's in a wheelchair at some point.
2: <laughs> I, think, I think I've been forced into retirement the past two summers. So uh, okay. I think they're like, uh, you can coach now. You can just be on the sidelines. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Kenna, you are you from Virginia?
1: Yeah, I grew up in Richmond, Virginia.
0: Okay, cool. And so, like, when – at what point – in, when you were, you know, younger, did you decide, I'm going to be a college soccer player?
1: Um, well, I joined the returning United yeah. ECNL team uh, at U13, which was their very first year of making it, which was like, I was on the youngest team that they had just started. Um, mm-hmm. So I felt like at that point was like when I started to dedicate a lot more time to soccer, because I was in middle school. So I wasn't like, able to run cross country anymore, or, like do stuff like that. But Um, I would say probably like eighth, ninth grade was kind of when you start to realize that this is what you want to do, because especially once you hit ninth grade, like freshman year of high school, there's so many things that open up to you. And like, honestly, the nature of it is that there's things that you have to give up. And I think that you realize that, like, it's worth giving up going to like a Friday night football game because you have an away travel game the next day. Um, so I think once you like kind of buy into that is like, it's time I want to, I want to play soccer in college. And I do think there were girls on my travel team that stayed a while because they just liked the nature of everything. But I do think it's important at some point to realize, like, I don't really like this travel soccer isn't what I want to do at that point.
0: Right. Yeah. So, um, so you're playing club soccer at a, at a high level. And, you know, you're probably traveling most around the country or at least regionally. Yeah. Um, And so you're exposed to, from a young age, a lot of different players and, and and from all over the place and playing in showcases and that sort of thing. And then you're, you know, eventually exposed to a lot of different college coaches, I'm sure. So, I mean, at some point, you realize that you had more than one option, I'm sure.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think um, pretty much like freshman and sophomore year is kind of when you get into like your main like showcases when they start like advertising you. Um, The ECNL does a really great job of putting you in like in front of these college coaches, especially going to like showcases all over. Like I went to San Diego, um, like places like that, where you find yourself like being exposed. And there was like, colleges that would reach out to us because we were on a good team, um, like sending emails about coming to camp. And I think like you literally learn about colleges that you had no clue even existed at the time. Um, So I think that it's important also, is that like there's a college out there for people if they want to put in the work to play. I think that's a good thing to realize as well because there's a bunch of different levels and also a bunch of different like schools.
0: Right. So at what point did, uh, coaches start talking to you? And when did you start reaching out to coaches? And, um, and then like, after that, I want to talk about how you started evaluating schools, you know, so that you could figure out which one was the right one for you.
1: So I would say freshman year was like when you start getting those typical, um, like freshman year of high schools, when you start getting those typical emails, like, hey, come to camp. Um, we're having a summer camp, stuff like that. I was, not hesitant to like reach out to schools I just didn't really know like what I wanted to do at the time um I came into college undecided so if that like my major so I feel like I didn't really narrow down (laughs) with that but um I think they started reaching out yeah freshman year and then I think like halfway through freshman year is when I started kind of engaging in more emails but you have a like a limit to when you can like Jamie, I could talk to at any point because of Division Three, but Division One isn't allowed to reach out directly to you. Um, they can go to like through your club coaches at some point. Um, so I want to say like late freshman year was when a division one school reached out to one of my club coaches about me. And that was kind of when I was like, All right, like I can start reaching out to people and like buying into this yeah. a little bit more.
0: Right. And so like obviously you had like I said, more than one option, right? And you had options at division one and you had one options at division three. And so let's talk about kind of you know walk me through the process of picking, you know, what was important to you about soccer, what was important to you about school and, and all those other things that kind of played into making your final decision.
1: So I think like the most important thing is like having the people around you that have seen you play like tell you what level that they think you're going to be able to play at. Um, I think that that was a main like a good thing for me especially like freshman year of um, high school. I kind of just like sat down with my club coach and was like where do you see me going and I know like you seem like you're at an early age and that you can develop a lot but like I was kind of one of those people that wanted the reality of my recruiting process. I knew I wasn't going to go to UVA. I knew I wasn't going to go to UNC and I didn't ever really feel the need to like dream, like go to a dream school. Um, I felt like I wanted a, like a realistic thing for me. And I kind of got to the point where I code, like, my club coach was like, you're probably looking at like a mid D1 school um, and that's probably the highest you'll go. And Um, honestly, like, I think those are good things to hear. Like, obviously everyone wants to hear that they're going to be the best soccer player ever and they're going to go to a top D1 school, but I think it's important. And even my parents were like, they sat down and were like, you're, we're not going to send you to UVA camp. Like, we're not going to do this because you need to like realize that it costs money to in the recruiting process. Like it costs money for that stuff, but also like you want to be seen by coaches who are like going to see you. Um, so I think that was an important part. Uh, narrowing down my search was a little bit harder because I think that there's things that go into your recruiting process where you want them on the campus or like you want them near the campus. So for me, I was, I'm a big beach person. So I was like, I want to be near the beach. Um, I also think school size is a big thing because my freshman year, like spring break, I think I went on like a tour to a bunch of college campuses and I realized, like, I'm like, some of these buildings are, like, on top of each other. Like, this school is so small. Like, I don't want to be at a school like this, but I also don't want to be walking a mile to class every day. Um, so I think that was another thing that was just kind of, uh, like, back and forth for me about deciding. Like I said, I was undecided at the time. So a major didn't really, like, affect how I wanted to look at a school. But I do think if a school has a good pre-med track or something like that, like, something that you could see yourself being interested in that's another important thing to look at.
0: Right. Um, Jamie, when did you become aware of Kenna? I guess it was pretty early, I, I would imagine. Seems yeah, and right, I, right. I
2: was just kind of talking about this earlier before. Um, so Kenna reached out, I guess, sophomore year, I think it was. Um, and I had seen her, it was kind of the time period where I was still the assistant coach under Dan. Um, so, kind of in that phase of Dan committing Kenna to at the end of it. But so sophomore year, um, I think it was like a castle tournament, but then I think I saw her at a more local tournament in BDA, Northern Virginia, where again, I was at the younger fields just going to look at people who had emailed us. Um, and that's where things kind of sparked our interest. I was like, okay, like there's something here. Um, and then, you know, kept corresponding from there and then, told Dan about Kenna and then that's when then Dan kind of took over the reins from there kind of thing. Um, and then, you know, saw her a few more times and then had her come for a visit and then Dan again offered her a spot and then Kenna committed, which has been great. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, she'll be a senior this fall. Um, and has had a great career here so far.
0: Yeah, I'm finished.
2: Um, so let's go back
0: to like, d1 versus d3 for you like what i'm sure you know everyone is like oh i gotta be a d1 athlete all that you know
1: um so d1 or d1 versus d3 now like honestly now seems a lot different to me than at the time because i've experienced it like so i'm on a division three school obviously and i realized like there are things i can do outside of soccer Um, I have a job on campus, I run a club, like I do a lot of things. And I think that was an important thing to me. But I'm also a very like social person. So I know everyone says when you go to a D1 school, you kind of give away your social right. But I that was kind of another thing for me is like I wanted to be able to do like other things at the time. Um, And if that's like, if you're looking to do the complete opposite, and you're dedicated to that, then like, that's what you that's why you choose a division one school. Um, But I do think that when I was like in my recruiting process, like I didn't really get caught up in the like division one versus division three stuff like that. But I think that people do get caught up in that. And um, that's like probably the hardest part is that there are people around you that are going to be like, Oh, you're going to a division three school. Like you're whatever. But I think once you buy into the level that you're going to play at, then it doesn't really matter um, I think a big thing for me now is that compared to the other girls on my club team, um, none of them have won a national championship. None of them have two conference rings. Um, and I think that's another like key thing is where you're going to be successful. And um, I think if you can go to a Division One school where you have a realistic shot of winning the national championship, it's worth it. But if you don't, then continue to increase the level somewhere else.
0: Right. Um, I had a question. Now I uh, kind of lost it. Uh, how did your uh, how did your parents guide you through all this? I mean, I know you have older brothers and everything, but um, specifically you, how did, uh, what was their role?
1: So I know it sounds kind of bad to say, but my parents kind of just took a step back and let me do what I wanted to do. They did have to kind of pry on me a little bit to look at colleges and look at my answer like look where my options were because I am kind of one of those people that I see something I'm gonna go after it and I'm gonna just do it and they didn't want me to do that because uh, an important thing that they always tell you in your recruiting process is if you got injured what would you still want to be on that campus and I think my parents did a really great job in like Pre- preaching that to me it was like don't take a school because the division one coach likes you and you're going to get all this gear and stuff like that it was where are you are going to be happy and um that was a big thing for me so I think them just letting me do it basically was the best thing that they could have done um I know that there's a lot of people who have their parents more involved and that's okay because if you want to have your parents involved like in the end like It's their money pretty much paying for college and stuff, too. Um, so I think that's important that you keep your parents in the loop, but I do think it's important for you to kind of take the reins of doing it yourself because, in the end, it's you who's dedicating pretty much their college four years to playing on a soccer team and like putting in the effort. And, like I said from the beginning, like freshman year of high school, you realize that there's things that you have to give up, and it's even more things in college that you have to give up, but. That's like something that's on you. Like my parents aren't gonna be able to feel the effects of giving up going out on a Friday night. So I think that was an important thing.
2: Yeah. Um Yeah, we um, we, hit, we hit on that the other podcast that we did, Scott, about with the parents and stuff. Like some yeah. um my perspective is like some are involved. Um there are some that are heavily involved and then as they're kinda of starting to raise okay, what's where the red flags kind of thing is. Um, I think there is a balance um, where they can be involved. Um, But for us as coaches, we like to see, again, the recruit take the initiative to do a lot on their own because, again, at the end of the day, that shows interest in us. Um, It shows maturity. It shows that, you know, this is a place they really want to be or slash they've done research on their own kind of thing. Um, And sometimes they, they do need guidance with that. But again, I think there is a balance with a parent being involved or slash them kind of crossing that line where it's like, okay, I'm not recruiting you, Mm -hmm. but, you know, we want this to be a good fit kind of thing. And what does that really look like? Yeah.
0: I mean, it's just all about a balance and and what, how much the kid, I'll use the word kid because it's a high school kid, you know is willing to take on themselves and, and, you know, that says a lot to you guys as coaches as well as the initiative they're willing to take. Um, what about your visit? Do you remember, can you remember that far back to your, uh... I'm
1: not that old yet. Um, (laughs) I think we established, I came in 2019. Um, I was a high school graduate in 2020. So my junior year, pretty much I came on campus. Um, I was an hour and a half away, so it was pretty easy to get me on campus, but um, I came here and I came out to one of the practices. I just think this is a funny story, but there there was a freshman at the time that everyone thought was hilarious, but also that she was a little out there and crazy and everyone's like, who's staying with this person? And I was like, me um is that gonna be a problem and they were like no you're gonna have a blast with her I was like okay like this is good um I think getting on campus and your recruiting process is probably one of the most important things uh seeing the campus in general is just like driving through it isn't really gonna do the justice I know it kind of stinks to say but you kind of have to do that long tour through campus of the classes and the dorms and everything it's it takes a while, but it's worth it in the end. So I did that. And then um, I came and talked to Dan and Jamie. um, And then I just got to stay with the girls. And I pretty much didn't see like Dan or Jamie the rest of my visit. And it was kind of just like I was here, I was a part of the team, the girls are so good about making everyone feel welcome at that time and i think our team is still really good at that like we're like well if you come here like this is what we do and you get to go to the dining hall you get to do you get to stay overnight with the team um we played like sand volleyball the night that i was here one time too so that was fun um but also uh my actually that was my official well official visit but one of my visits here um that was when i was already committed but one of my visits here i was really cool because our men's basketball team was in the final four and so I got to go sit in like the one of the ballrooms and watch it on a big screen and they had like nachos for everybody and everything and I was like this is so cool like this is fun and I got to hang out with the team so I think probably one of the most important things is when you do get on campus like seeing how you would fit in with the team like are these girls inviting to you because I know that I had friends go to schools and they felt like the team was just like awkward to be around. And I was like, well, if they're not good with new people, then like, how do you think they're going to feel when you come in as a freshman? Like, you're just going to be friends with your freshmen and that's not how I felt here.
0: Yeah. Um, so what do you think like the one or the like three or four things were that convinced you that CNU was the right place for you? And you mentioned like, If you blew out your knee your very first training session you know with the team would you what made you feel like i'm going to be happy at at this school
1: um so a few things i think one thing that really stood out to me was with dan and jamie especially they were so consistent in their like reaching out and it was kind of like we want you this is where you stand with us like um, this is how you're going to fit in. And I think with some of the division one schools I talked to, they were like, well, we're, we'll continue to evaluate you. Uh, one of them told me, like, I see you fitting in great here, but I don't know how much time you're going to get on the field stuff like that and like those are like hard conversations that you have to have but like if I wanted to go be on a d1 roster like I could have but that's not like what I wanted to do at the time and I think it was so important that like you realize the communication between you and your coach like how it is during the recruiting process is also how it could potentially be when you're on their team like are they open to having those hard conversations with you and like are they open to making sure that, that you feel like you're wanted there, that you're not just in addition to their roster, like you're actually a player that they like see doing well at their school. So I think that was my number one thing. Um, like around here, I always say this to people, it's kind of cliche, but once you get on campus, you, it's hard to say no. Um, so when I got here, I realized like I just enjoyed being here. Um, and I think that that was another big thing for me uh once you get around the girls if you think getting here is hard once you get around the girls and you see how like tight-knit everyone is it's pretty much impossible to say i don't want that because you do like you want to be with your friends um and you realize that like you make friends immediately when you get here because i had people that i talked to on my visits and then they were on the team when i came here and we were just like automatically friends so it's just like felt um it felt like home I know that's so cliche to say but it did (laughs) um and then I think the like last thing is if you're going to be successful at the school that you choose to go to so like I said when I was picking a school I saw that we were like I didn't vision my junior year of high school that we were gonna win a national championship but I knew that we had a good chance of competing for a national championship and I think that that was always an important thing to me is just My high school team was never good. I was never going to win states. We didn't have anything like that for ECNL, but we did, but my team didn't get there. So it was stuff like that, where I was like, I want that feeling of like getting that, like all that hard work that you've worked for, for an athlete, like that top tier level. Um, And so I saw that here. And I also saw like the things that I was getting from the coaches here that like you will make an impact, like, we see you playing in this position, stuff like that. And I think that's probably, like, another thing that came along with that.
0: Yeah. And so you – did you start playing right away um, as soon as you got –
1: Well, my COVID year uh, was right. – that was kind of a difficult time. But I think – it kind of made us who we are. We talk about this all the time, but the COVID running year was probably the worst thing ever. And we'll we'll make jokes about it. We still make jokes about it. To this That's day. what
2: you guys call it, the running, COVID running year. But
1: yesterday, we even had a conversation. We were like, we all just like, we came in and we just bought into the running and like, it's kind of how it happened. So um, I wouldn't say that I was a player.
2: You guys ran a lot. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah, because we could we,
2: we were restricted to like how many days we were allowed to train. But like they allowed us to on the days we didn't have soccer balls to run mm. so a weird, weird time, as you know, but yeah that that that's the parameters I was given, so me myself, I make the best of whatever situation and here it is, and you yeah. know, I can't speak enough about that that time with the group that we had, and um how committed and again. They never balked at anything. I know there were some hard days for sure, but it was it was an experience. And it, honestly, I think it did make us better. Um, and again, the next year in 21, you know, we won the national championship. So I don't know if there is correlation there. I don't know, maybe. But uh yeah, that was a weird time. But go ahead. Sorry. Um, yeah,
1: so we we did a decent amount of running. We'll, we'll call it that. Uh, but I think it kind of led us into like a persistent thing. Like, I remember leaving here in the spring. And I was like, I, I need to keep running. Like, that's what we've been doing all spring. There's no point in stopping now. And I know everyone worked hard over the summer um, to like get to that point. So I came in my sophomore year. Uh, personally, I'm a pretty like self-aware player so I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that I'm the best on the team or anything but I think I'm not a very flashy player so coming in like we didn't have a real season or anything so I knew I wasn't like I wasn't guaranteed that starting position right away uh like definitely worked for it a little bit so my sophomore year I think I started around like 14-15 games so making an impact just when I can um there was like times later in the year where there was different matchups in the midfield that we needed to kind of cover. And like, I realized that important thing with our team is like that next man up mentality or like what's best for the team. And so that's kind of like, I faded out a little bit later in the season that there were girls who were starting and playing the whole game and we didn't sub in my position at all. And so that was kind of one of those things where it's like tough, but you also realize that you're here for a more important reason at the time as well as like being a good teammate and that you can make, an impact somewhere else on the field um and you have to be able to challenge your teammates in practice and so us going into late December was all of us practicing like however many times a week it was everyone working hard so it wasn't just those 11 players that were on the field at the time
0: yeah so I mean I can kind of see why you guys won a national championship. You guys had like some serious character and fortitude and resilience going that COVID year. And then you have players like the, like Kenna, who, who like just want to win no matter what the cost. So, um, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. So like, how did you, let's delve into that a little bit. Um, like how did you handle kind of not being the man, so to speak, you know, um,
1: um, I think it was definitely hard, like <laughs> mentally at times, but um, Jamie and Sean were really good about like talking to me about it. So um, I think when you, the most important thing is when you have a problem with something, you need to say something about it. And Jamie and Sean were able to listen to me complain <laughs> or something like that. But also, there was one weekend where I had been playing like nonstop all season. And I think we got to the sweet 16 or round of 32 or something like that. And that was the first game that I had never stepped on the field for. And like Jamie knows that that's like mentally tough on a player. Um, So they brought me in like Monday when we got back and they were like, this is what our thought process was. Like, we're not like punishing you. I don't want you to feel this way. But I think the most important thing that Jamie and Sean said to me at the time was we need you to be ready when you're called upon. So I maybe was never called upon, but honestly, that could have been a good thing because that means that our two defensive mids were strong and successful. Um, but it comes a time where I still had that, like, drive and fire under me that was like, if my team needs me, like, I have to be ready to go. And the next weekend we were in um, Chicago and it was freezing. Or was it Chicago?
2: Cleveland. Cleveland. Yeah. We played Chicago. One of the Cleveland. C's,
1: Yeah. And it was freezing rain and I couldn't feel my feet. And the only thing I could think about was if they needed me to go on right now, I can't feel my feet. Like, that was the only thing. I wasn't worried about, like, how I was going to play. It was I cannot feel my feet. And so I think that, like I said, just the mentality was hard of it. But I also realized that there's other things that you can do on a team to be successful, um I was always talking to the like other people in my position and honestly we all learn from each other and I know people are like yeah we we help each other out but our like little group of um like four at the time was super like supportive of each other and everyone can everyone wants to be that that big man like you said they want to be on the field during the national championship but like there's things that you see on the sidelines that you don't see when you're playing and having like kind of that aspect. Um, One of like kind of the things that I like pride myself in as a player is like my, like no knowledge for the game. I was going to say smartness. I don't (laughs) think that's a good word, but my knowledge for the game is like very, like I just enjoy being around soccer and having a high IQ might not be as successful in the classroom for our team, but I am successful with knowing um, stuff that has to do with soccer. So like position changes, like who to mark up when we're pressing, stuff like that has always just come very like second nature to me. Um, Sometimes I feel like, I don't give people on our team a chance to answer questions when Jamie asks because I'm always the first person to just say it because it just comes to mind. So I think that when I wasn't on the field, that that was kind of where I prided myself in, like helping people and still like having to feel like I had a role on the team.
0: Yeah. Jamie, when you were recruiting Kenna, um, when did you realize that she like had this kind of attitude or was she this mature back then, or did she? Kind of
2: yeah, um, it probably wasn't until she was here, to be honest. Um, and you know, she talks about her kind of playing career and how that, you know that that season went along. Um, but Ken- Kenna handled that as good as you could have handled that situation, because I, you know. Um, you know, you joked about me still playing forever kind of thing. So I, I feel like that I've been through kind of those those ups and downs and or ups of being like, okay, yep, I'm in. And then now it's taken away from you. And I've been with coaches that don't really kind of explain or kind of like go out of their way. We wouldn't have been where we were in the season we won the national championship without Kenna. Because um, from the beginning, she, she didn't miss a beat kind of thing. Um, then later in the season, things, you know, matchups start changing calls for different personnel kind of thing. And I can't speak more highly of how can handled that situation and how um, good of a teammate she was during that time. And honestly, I think that helped the people that were playing in front of her. Um, because one of the players was a was a younger kid was a younger player. And so taking on that responsibility as a younger player taking a role of kind of an upperclassman is could be intimidating but with Kenna kind of in the back corner for them really helped and honestly probably helped the team more than Kenna even knows or than she gives herself credit for it. um and then so that that moment right then and again we've had multiple conversations with Kenna like she like again my door's always open um And that's how we operate here. And um, she's never come in and asked, like, why am I not playing? It's always like, what do I need to do to get more playing time? Like, what can I do? And that mindset right there is just like, okay, there's something in her that's bigger than a lot of people. Right. Um, And then this year, she was named captain. She hasn't mentioned that, but... And that's Congrats. a pure vote. That's case. from her peers, from their teammates. So the way we operate with our, um, again, with the culture of the team is that our captains are voted on by the team. You know, I do have the final say, but most of the time, actually, all the time, it's in line with what I would see would be best fits for our captains. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, again, she just has handled herself really well and I couldn't be more proud of her. And then, um, Again, the soccer IQ. Yes, she has one of the highest soccer IQs on the team, which is great. Um, so she's like a like a on the field kind of coach, kind of sometimes too. Yeah, I was going to ask you: Are are like when
0: the day she graduates, are you going to fire Killian? <laughs> 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 kidding!
2: I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Did get asked by Cheese if Jamie in twenty years was gone, if I would come back and coach. <laughs> so that has been the joke has been made before.
0: Okay, good. So I'm not the Cheese. Leave it to Cheese to yeah. Cheese, cheese will go yeah. hard his way to say.
2: That. Uh, I, that mean, I, I honestly think Kenna would be a great coach. I know she's you know doing other things with her major with communications, but um, yeah. I think she would be a great coach. Yeah. Um,
0: I think it's a, like. This is a really interesting, um, case of, of like a player, you know, having this character within you that, um, you know, doesn't, you, you don't have to be a talented soccer player to have that kind of character. And that stands out to coaches and, Mm -hmm. and like when you're being recruited, you know, the more you can exhibit that and demonstrate it, then, Mm um, the higher you're going to move up on their list to be recruited and it's going to open up more doors for you. Yeah. I would say
1: along that, um, when you're like in high school and on club teams, like kind of your attitude on the field how you react to get taken off to being subbed off, how you react to being on the sidelines, how you react to not starting the game. Um, because coming in off the bench is probably one of the greatest things that you can do because you know what the team looks like you and you're going in and you're, pretty much just playing your game you don't kind of have to brace for impact those first 10 minutes and see what's going to happen um so I think that's another important thing when you realize you want to play in college is your attitude on the field um there's times where Jamie will ask us about people that we've played club soccer with like previously and how they are as a person and I think That's kind of another thing that's so important in the recruiting process is that coaches are looking for good players, but they're also looking for good people. And um, how you like showcase your personality to a coach is super important. So when you get taken off the field, are you going to pout on the sidelines or are you going to jog off high field, like high five your teammate and tell them good luck, Um, stuff like that. So I think that people should take pride in their attitudes on the field because it can go a long way no matter what.
0: Yeah, great answer. Um, so talk about, I imagine being a leader on the team. You've hosted a few uh, recruits uh, on campus there. Uh, I imagine Jamie probably leans on you a little bit for that. Um, so maybe give me some examples. Uh, most likely Jamie's not bringing in people who are going to be an issue, but like people who really, really impressed you and then maybe someone who, and obviously don't use names, but like kind of some behaviors that have been exhibited that made you question whether they'd be a fit for your, for your culture there?
1: Uh- I think an important thing when you come on campus is asking questions I know like when people are like do you have any questions and you're like "Uh, I don't think so but when you're with the team and you're in a spot where you can ask questions that you wouldn't normally get an answer to around the coaches I think that that's super important because it shows that you care that it's not just soccer to you that you're coming here for other reasons as well so when people ask about my social life or they ask what I do on a Friday night, what does the team do? Um, wh- what do you guys like to do when you don't have homework or when you're doing this? I think that that's an important thing. Uh, some like red flags, I would say, um, when you're on a visit. Uh, this is kind of funny that you asked because I have probably walked around 40 recruits since I've been here. Um, and i honestly
2: I, <laughs> I honestly
1: enjoy doing it because you get to kind of show how much you like being here i always get the casual question from the parents as why you chose cnu and i think that that question is obviously granted a like a well thought out answer but if there are players who want to, or if there are recruits who want to know things i think it's important to ask and parents can ask questions as well but like we said previous in this, is that you can't have the parents constantly driving the questions. Um, And so especially when you get that time alone with the team that you need to make sure to ask questions and just like feel comfortable with them because we're not like judging what you're saying or anything. And I'm a junior now. So most of these girls are four years younger than me, um, which can be intimidating at the time. But honestly, I personally have their best interest in mind because if they're a good soccer player and they're a good person, then they're going to fit in here and they're going to continue to grow the program. Um, So I think that that's important. Another like kind of thing that I would like shy away from is just not being yourself, like trying to act like you're something more than you are um, because putting on like a mask and coming to a school that you could potentially play at or spend time at your next four years, kind of the way you make a first impression is important because I could be, not that someone's done this, but I could be with the team and be like, well, that girl on her recruiting visit told me she was going to come in and start at center forward. Like having an attitude like that is like, I'm better than anyone that's on your team now. Stuff like that um, is just like, that's not what the team wants to hear. Uh, And also it's a hard thing to recover from definitely because I stuff spreads fast, if I'm being honest. So I'll be like that girl on her recruiting visit told me this. So I don't really know how I'm going to feel about her the first few weeks of preseason. Uh, So I think just like setting those first impressions can be nerve wracking. But you need to make sure that you make it clear, like who you are as a person, because I at that point, I have no clue how you are as a soccer player jamie and sean know i have no clue so i want to know like how you are as a person and if i would enjoy going to sit in the dining hall with you at when you were here stuff like that
0: right yeah um i'm sure you're 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 a good reader of of people i I get the sense that uh jamie relies on you for a few things uh, within the team um yeah just thinking so like you mentioned something interesting when you're talking about talking to recruits (laughs) it's like i've never heard anyone say this like you actually think about carrying on the the legacy of what you feel like cnu soccer is yeah um and so that's it's super important for for you to feel comfortable and obviously Jamie and and the staff, but like it's important for the recruit to feel comfortable that they can, you know, carry on that legacy. And you also, you brought up something else that I was thinking about the other day and it's, it's important kind of in life and like being yourself and, and being somewhat vulnerable to in the situation so that, you know, you can, they people that you're with get a true read on you and, um, You know, you get a true read on on what the situation's going to be like. And Jamie, I'm sure that you see people come in your office and, you know, they're they're trying to impress you and um, they're they're not quite painting the most accurate picture of themselves.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that happens. And, you know, when kind of like I I like having them meet the team because then I get their opinion on what who they really are not yeah. being around us too because um, yeah they could be a completely different person in front of us kind of thing versus you know staying overnight with the team and you know hanging out with them and it's like okay this person did this and it's like okay then that kind of changes maybe the direction or they're like oh she's great she's going to be a great fit for the team and it's like cool checks that box she's a good player you know and then, then it's kind of a right. done deal from there kind of thing right so
0: yeah. Cool. Um, all right. What else you guys got? What's uh, What's been great about playing at CNU, Kenna?
1: A lot of things, honestly. That's kind of a tough question to answer.
0: Um, that was kind of a silly question now that um, I think about it. No, but... well, it's
1: not. Like, I don't think it's silly. I think that probably, I know this is probably going to sound super cliche, but some of my best memories and times have been because i'm a member of the women's soccer team and a lot of us take pride in being members of the women's soccer team i feel like that's probably the first thing i tell my professors on the first day of classes if i have a fun fact about me it's that i'm on the women's soccer team and so i think that that's kind of the best thing is just generally being on the team um i have 30 something best friends no matter what um and I think that a lot of teams talk about how close they are. And I could sit here and say that I'm best friends with everybody on the team. But the truth is, like, you find your friends and then you find your best friends and then everyone just comes together. And it's like we're all best friends at the time. Um, and obviously, like, I think probably one of the greatest things about our team is that my like I'm a junior, so I wouldn't say that only the junior class's friends and only the senior class is friends. Obviously you live with people on the team and you're gonna establish closer relationships with your roommates or stuff like that. But I like have a few of the freshmen that I hang out with like religiously and it's stuff like that where it kind of goes a long way is just the relationships you build on the team. So I would say playing soccer is that's the best part is the relationships you build. But the honest like soccer aspect of it is that Practice is the highlight of my day. I am looking forward to 3 o'clock at pretty much any time because we get to go out there and we we talk about how, like, serious we are, but there <laughs> there are times where we just we joke around and then we know when it's time to switch on, it's time to switch on. And I think that that's another, like, really great aspect of our team is, like, we have fun when we want to have fun, and then we are serious when we need to be serious. And I know that the serious times don't seem like they're always fun, but those are the reasons that we're successful. amounts um, of brag a little bit, but I'm going into my senior year undefeated. I haven't lost a real loss of a game. So I think it's important that that's why we're, that's why we're so successful, is because we know when to have fun and we know when it's
2: time to be serious.
0: Yeah, that's, that's an incredible record, actually. <laughs>
2: yeah. Can I, yeah. what, what would you, so, favorite memory besides winning the national championship, would that be, like, you know, or is it the trips that we take? Is it the hotel? Like, what what would you say would be, like, your, you know, favorite memory that you have so far?
1: Um, It's not the hotels, because when <laughs> we were in our national championship, <laughs> Run, we were in a basement of a hotel um, the night before the national championship. So we like to make, we all like to make a joke about that. Um, it's just like hard to like pick just one. I was thinking about the other day when we went to California last year, my sophomore year, um, like how much fun that was. And we were there for three days. So we were jam packed, just all together, trying to do everything that possible, play two soccer games and have a good time and I think that I was just thinking back to the times in the vans where we were just all together just talking um I think that that's like a good thing to look back on um I would say man I'm like stumped at this like if I had to pick one memory um I don't I don't even know I see this is like super like weird to say because you guys are be like what but the bus ride home after we won the national championship was probably more fun to me than <laughs> winning the national championship <laughs> because we were just we no one was doing anything but singing talking like doing everything and I we were just like messing around so then like nature of that so If I had to pick like an overall like favorite memory in general would probably be the bus rides. And I know that's like, what, but whenever we come home, like we get food and we get to eat the food and then we all get to sit there and have a good time. So I would say that that's a like positive memory in my mind. Um, But honestly, there's so many events that have taken place in my, I guess, three years, but two years technically because of covid that I would like never trade for the world. And I think that um, obviously winning a national championship is at the top of that, but there have been so many like practices and like games in practice where I'm like, wow, I love that game. Like I, we all are so competitive with each other. Yesterday we were playing this game called baseball and Jamie just basically kicks the ball out and you try to shoot it. And if it goes over and you catch it, um, then the team's out. It's stuff like that. And we had two of the seniors come back for um, spring to play with us because we were running low on numbers and when someone kicked the ball over and my team ended up winning and I had like three of the seniors on my team and they were like we go out with a win of like baseball like it's stuff (laughs) like the games like that where it's like you think about those games forever and so we play like bumpers and stuff like that um we play, it's just a bunch of different games. And I think that those moments are the ones that make you realize like, this is why I still play soccer. And this is why I gave up the things that I did. And this is why I like, like being on a team here is because you get to have fun while being successful.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, that's like, it speaks to how important it is to being really thorough and checking out where you want to go. Um, It's interesting. We literally just had this conversation yesterday with uh, Cheese and Bobby. I don't know if you know Bobby O'Brien, Kenna, but um, he was saying that, you know, he still has group chats from when he played, you know, 20 years ago or whatever. And they go back 20 years, like players that were 20 years before him and 20 years after him, just because everyone's so connected in the program. And um, he brought up a story about someone being interviewed and they were like, it was like the last, it was a basketball player, I think. And it was it was the last press conference that this guy was doing. And the, the reporter asked him, you know, what are you going to miss most about, you know, playing college basketball? And he goes, dinner. He goes, I'm going to miss dinner with my teammates. He's like, that was the most fun and the, the most, you know, team bonding. And, and I'll never forget those times. So like your bus ride, you know.
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, I I could have mentioned dinner as well, because we all go to the dining hall after every practice and we sit there probably for hours. Um, And we have our own table. Like everyone knows that that's the women's soccer table. And if someone's sitting at the table, then we're all going to be pretty angry. And (laughs) so we all sit at one really long table and it's just like yelling. We're so loud back and forth with everybody. But like you said, those are the moments that you remember the most. You don't remember Winning this game at this time in this moment, um, but you remember like those memories.
0: Yep. Yep. Cool. I think that's a great spot to wrap up. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Tales from the Trail and I hope that you found Kenna's story to be valuable and insightful. As always, reach out with questions, comments, and feedback. I listen and do my best to get your questions answered by people who work in and around college soccer. Please continue to subscribe and share the podcast and follow Match Play on social media.